Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Hi, Scale listeners. Welcome to another segment here of Scale Your Business Radio, the show that's focused on growing your business and getting your life back. I'm your host, David Finkel. And have you ever wondered if your business owns you or if you own it? Well, today in this first segment on the podcast, we're going to be talking about why business owners feel like they don't have enough time and how it is that you actually get back in control of your business day. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had that, ex- that, that experience that, that it just literally feels like there, uh, there are not enough hours in the day? And, and so some of us, what we do is we want to work harder. We want to work longer, never recognizing that that's really the trap. It's almost like we're digging a hole, and the more we dig, the deeper we get, and it feels like we're making progress because all that dirt's flying, (laughs) but we never realize that as that dirt's flying, we're getting dug deeper and deeper into the pit, plus all that dirt that's flying stays around the outside edges of that hole. Let me give an example of that. I think a lot of us as business owners, inadvertently, we train our staff, we train our clients, we train our vendors to look to us as the person to solve problems, that we're the go-to person. And as a result, not only do we have to work harder, it's like as we work harder, we're building up the sides of the wall that trap us in that pit higher and higher so that we're deeper and deeper in there. And let me give an example, share a story. So I was having a great conversation with Andrea. Andrea owns a retail wholesale company, and basically they sell a proprietary line of um, gift items all across uh, typically tropical locations from Florida all the way to Hawaii and the chains out there. And they, they sell through hundreds of different stores and outlets out there. And they use a fulfillment company. And the fulfillment company they've used for years was in Hawaii. And that fulfillment company was sold. And here it was, Andre had, had all kinds of great relationships with that fulfillment company. And when it was sold, um, the new owners, she was a little bit leery. They had never owned a fulfillment company before. Some of the key staff had left with that transition. They made some mistakes and some early things, and here she was at a place that she had a choice. If she had done things how she once upon the time used to do them, she was going to be there basically micromanaging that move, you know, finding out who the fulfillment company players were and checking up if multiple times each day that orders were being shipped to different retailers that they were wholesaling to correctly. And the problem with that is the more she would do that, the more problems she would discover and the more she'd feel like she didn't have time. Plus, she's training that fulfillment company to come to her versus her other staff. So Andrea bit the bullet and she did something that was really difficult and really scary for her. She got her main uh, help person in her office, Debbie, to step in there. And the hard part wasn't getting Debbie to step in. The hard part was getting herself to step out to let go of the direct control of that process and to start having that fulfillment company working directly with Debbie. And if customers were calling, letting the customers get to Debbie. So functionally, that's a big challenge for you. How do we train our vendors? How do we train our team? How do we train our customers to go to other people than us? You know, once upon a time, it was so satisfying for us to solve the problem, to have the answer. Now it just becomes a- another chink or another link in the chains that hold us tied to that business. So here's a couple of quick suggestions for you. Number one, um, audit how do you actually communicate with a customer or with a vendor? Do you tell them that you'll handle it or do you, do you, do you pass them off 
in a polite way to somebody else in the office there. What emails do they use? Do you have them sending all the responses directly to you at your company? Or do they go to generic uh, email addresses that later on you could train them to go to admin or customer service? And later on you can redirect those emails to other people internally without having to retrain your customers about that. Have you ever sat and done an introduction, a handoff? Hey, Mark, I want to introduce you to um, Tina. Tina in our office is the person who's going to be handling this particular um, project with you. So, Mark, I know you're one of our key vendors here. If you have any other questions, please, Tina is the person to go to. And I want to introduce the two of you here, whether it be by a phone call or an email that goes out. So how do you hand that off? These are just some simple ideas. And, and recognize that as business owners, one of the biggest reasons we feel like we don't have enough time is because we take on so much. There's a great book I want to recommend to you. It's called The One Manager Meets the Monkey. The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. Um, and it's a great story. And the story is about how anytime you and another person meet and there's something that needs to get done, a monkey's created. And that monkey, uh, that task, that to-do, that next step, needs care and feeding. And if you recognize any monkey's going to also need a little bit of cleanup after that. <laughs> One monkey is cute, cuddly, adorable. Ten monkeys feels a little bit stressful. Fifty or a hundred monkeys, my God, now you're feeling overwhelmed. And a thousand monkeys and you've hit point failure. You've hit the breakdown point. So what I want to share with you is, number one, how can you make sure that you manage the monkeys in your business better so they don't crawl onto your back? The first way to deal with overwhelm is to start to look for the places that you inadvertently train other people to give you monkeys versus other people on your staff or for them to keep the monkeys themselves. For example, in the case many times of vendors, you know, they ask you for something, but really is it your responsibility or should you push back and have the vendor handle it? Second main place we do and feel the sense of overwhelm is what I call fracturing your time. I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, see if this story resonates with you. So I was talking with Mark, uh, Mark Rousseau, a very successful business owner up in Seattle. He has one of the premier custom building homes of luxury homes up in that area. Uh, he builds homes out there, and, and they're gorgeous, J. Mark Homes. And so Mark is like a lot of typical CEOs. He finds, as a business owner, his time doesn't feel like it's his own. He's in meeting to meeting to meeting, and in between, he's on email trying to get back to people about things and be responsive. So I asked Mark, I said, Mark, describe your typical schedule for me. What does it look like? And he described how the prior day, gave us an example, is pretty typical. He was in roughly five hours of meetings that were three separate meetings there, all of which were high-value meetings. In addition to that, in between, he was trying to get into email to respond back to people, get answers to people who were waiting on him for things. And what happens is, I asked him this question. I said, Mark, besides the meetings that you're in, describe for me what, what chunks of time do you get for the balance of your day? Is it typically, from what you've described, I would expect you're going to tell me that you're getting five-minute 15-minute, 10-minute slivers of time to do this. You know, 15 minutes here, 5 minutes there, 10 minutes there. Does that, does that seem similar to your experience? Mark said, oh, absolutely, that's it. And recognize that a feeling of overwhelm, one of the reasons we have it, is because we're constantly jumping and shifting from one to the next to the next. So I want to give you a couple quick ideas on just time structuring. They're going to help you feel a greater sense of control of your day. So the first one is called your prime time. 
And what this is, is you're going to think to yourself, what's the hour to two hours each day that you are at your best, that you're sharpest? <laughs> Once upon a time before I had kids, I would tell you I was a night owl. That somewhere around 8 or 9 o'clock, I get this burst of energy, and I used to write many of my books back then at this best time for me. It was great. Um, at the time, I had another home office. I would go back to that home office, get some other work done, and I got a lot of work done. No interruptions from anybody. That was life before kids. I've got three sons, six, six, and two, and Adam, Matthew, and Joshua have changed my daily rhythm. So nighttime at about 7 or 8 o'clock, I am done. I read my stories to my kids. I brush their teeth, I put them to bed, I snuggle for a while, and then I'm out like a light. So I'm at my best, typically, somewhere about 8.30 to about 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I schedule every day in my calendar. I use Outlook. You could use Gmail or Gcalendar or whatever you want to Google Calendars or whichever you use. But I put a, a recurring appointment for myself from 8.30 through to 10 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'll butt in, but generally speaking, 80% of that time, I give myself that one and a half hour, that 90-minute chunk as my prime time block. And in that prime time block, I give myself the ability to do one or two things that are the highest value activities or action steps for me for that coming day. And I do them right there, right then. Sometimes it's something I write. Sometimes it's a meeting I have with somebody. Sometimes it's reviewing a certain proposal and making a decision upon it. So by giving yourself at least an hour every day for this solid chunk of time, to create value, we need blocks of time, not just five-minute blocks, these slivers, but a meaningful block of time. And then once each week, I want to encourage you to take half a day as your focus day, just half a day, three or four hours, that's it, a block that you give yourself, for example, every Thursday from 8 till noon, or every Tuesday from... Uh, maybe for you it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 6 o'clock at night. Just give yourself a dedicated block. Put it on your calendar as a focused block that you call your, your focus day. And what you've done here is you've given yourself three, four days a week of an hour or more and one day a week of four hours. It's roughly one day of your five-day week if you're working a typical 40-hour week for you to focus on getting higher value things where you can have a block of time versus these small slivers of time. This will give you a greater sense of control in your day. Remember, the biggest reasons why business owners feel like they don't have time is because they're constantly out of breath, rushing from thing to thing to thing, where they feel like they don't have any control to stop and do what matters most. And this is how you get back in control of your day. Number one, by training your team, your vendors, and your customers to look to other people in your business where possible and look for ways that you inadvertently train them to come back to you and stop it. <laughs> Number two, by creating blocks of time that you control, that you can fit in and put in the most valuable things that you do for your business. I want to encourage you to get to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. On that site, you're going to find more tools there about time mastery. Matter of fact, there's an entire short course of four videos about how you can leverage your time that you can get there on free. You're listening to Scale Your Business Radio. I'm your host, David Finkel. Stay tuned for more Scale Your Business Radio in just a moment. Hi, 
Scale listener, this is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. That's ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com.